Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. God's been doing some stuff in my life. I hope he's been doing some stuff in your life over the course of these last couple weeks as we've talked about family vacation. What a trip it is. What a trip it is to raise a family. And for those of us that are dads this morning, sometimes the church is a place on Father's Day where you hear about all the wrong things you're doing and to shape up or get out, right? Well, this morning, I just wanna say, I am so proud to, uh, to say that I, I just, I think we have uh, so many fantastic dads in this church, and many of you are leading your families uh, incredibly well. And I just wanna say, stay on it, keep at it. The days are difficult, it's not an easy job, but it's one that you apparently signed up for, and so stay with it, keep Keep investing in your kids. You guys are awesome, and I love that. Uh, I love that we're on trajectory to really uh, just affirm each other in the work of being fathers. So thank you for the hard work you're doing. This song reminds me of how significant it is that we're aware that our kids are watching us. That's the title of the weekend. They're watching you, right? The kids are watching us. And uh, so it's significant that we understand uh, what they're seeing, what they're seeing, what are we communicating, whether it's verbally or in our actions. Uh, by the way, uh, we're gonna put a slide up. Again, if you're in the room or if you're online, if you're a dad, make sure you text the word dad to 566-1870. 574-566-1870 for the dad giveaways and uh, you don't wanna miss it. It's some good stuff. I had a conversation this week with someone who is uh, planning a family vacation. They're planning excursions. They're planning uh, some sightseeing things, learning uh, experiences. And you know, whenever you, in, it, when you, ever you plan a vacation, you know you're going to be investing a chunk of change, right? Vacations don't typically don't typically come cheap, right? So unless you're uh, just escaping to the backyard or something like this and calling it a staycation, now those are, those are more manageable for many of us, but if you're going somewhere and you're going to spend the time and energy to, to go to some distant place and enjoy a vacation, you're gonna spend some time figuring out what are you gonna do on the way? You wanna have a great experience while on your way there, as well as once you get there. So they're planning, they're strategizing. They wanna make sure that not only are they creating a memorable experience, but also one that will engage the entire family. So if you have a whole, you know, if you have a number of kids and you have different age groups, how's everybody gonna feel about this vacation? So I got to wondering, what would happen if we would plan and strategize like this about all of life? What if we put this much care and thought, this much intentionality into our day-to-day -day lives? Now, I know most of us probably don't feel like we have space, time, energy for this sort of thing. But let me just say this morning, let me encourage you. 
If you wanna build lifelong relationships with each other, and especially with your offspring, it'll require a commitment to not just giving birth, but actually teaching and admonishing over and over and over. Had this conversation, another conversation this week about the the kind of, uh, how many times you have to say something in order for it to be caught, right? You gotta keep repeating yourself. If you're a business owner, you know that it's not just, well, we do the initial training, a new person comes on staff, we get that training done and they're good to go. No, it's the same thing in our families, it's the same thing in our churches. Vision leaks if you don't keep repeating it. Vision leaks out. If you don't keep hearing it, if you, if, if, as leaders, we don't keep saying it. Many times, it, it, it leaks out and we, uh, we miss the, the consistency, the commitment, because we don't remember. So parents, this is, this is uh, probably more important than anything else. As you train and bring up your kids is to don't get uh, weary. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 6, 9, says, do not get weary in well-doing. Well, this is apply this child-rearing to that verse. That verse, apply it to this child-rearing thing because when it comes to raising kids, this don't get weary is the real deal. He finishes out that verse and says, for in due season, you will reap if you don't lose heart. You'll reap the good things of that consistency. You'll reap the good things of that relationship, but don't lose heart. Don't lose heart in the process. Don't stay discouraged. Look, there's gonna be days when you are discouraged. If you haven't been yet, you will be. You'll be discouraged because you get tired, you get weary, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. Step out and be, uh, be consistent and keep at it, keep at it. Quite a few of us are stepping into marriage for the first time. Some of us are having babies for the first time. Some of you are buying homes for the first time. So you're starting out, you're making moves, you're getting ready, you're adding responsibilities, and some of you are simply asking, how in the world do I do this? How do I do this? Especially if you're gonna have kids. How do I do this? Because you know, because you were a kid once, And you know, if you think about it for five seconds, what your parents must have gone through. So whatever you put them through, my mom always said, yeah, well, I hope you get back what you gave me, right? So whatever you gave your parents, get ready, it's coming at you. And so you wanna do things and prepare yourself for those difficult moments. Because your kids, they're watching you. So whenever I, whenever I, Think about the kids, our kids watching us. There's a real significant uh, practice for us as parents is that, first of all, we go back to the Word of God and we say, okay, how do we get instruction from the Word of God? How does the Bible talk about this thing of parenting? And uh, so this morning, I want to go to Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. We'll start there. And uh, here's what... uh, Moses writes to the children of Israel that absolutely applies to you and I today. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I've given you uh, today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. 
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All right, so you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Jesus taught us that this is the first and greatest commandment. So, first things first. Let's get ourselves right. If you're trying to be a parent and you have not aligned yourself with Jesus, that's your first deal. Get right with Jesus if you want to be a successful parent. You can try on your own. You can try. Us guys, we like to say, I got this. I got this. If you're saying that about parenting, you're a fool. You ain't got it, right? Let me just affirm that one. You don't have it if you think you can do it on your own. Because if you are trying to live your life, living your own life is one thing. You add another life to that, you add a baby to the, your, to the mix, it's an entirely different ballgame. If you don't know Jesus, that's the first thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. There's some questions you might ask. If in getting yourself right, am I self-aware? Do I know why I do the things I do? These are questions that, that you could ask yourself the rest of your life. And you'd always come up with something. Hmm, I wonder why I do. Why do I respond this way? And again, if you are not a dad yet, if you're not a mom yet, those of us that have been and continue to be, we know that those questions are important because you will respond in a way that you did not know you could respond when you have children. All kinds of stuff comes popping up when children are in the mix. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So Moses is saying, hey, if you want to live, he had just been given the 10 commandments, he passed those on to the children of Israel, and, he's, and he's now he's talking to them about this, and he's saying, listen, if you want to live a life that is filled with joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of the good things that God is wanting to give you, if you want the blessing of God, you can't approach life half-heartedly. If you want a great family, you cannot approach this job of parenting half-heartedly. It is a whole-hearted experience. You gotta bring it all. You got to bring it all. You can't, have a un, you can't have a divided heart. It takes total commitment. You know what the church is, let me rephrase that. You know what the people in the church are called most often by those that, have disassociated themselves from the church, it would be something like the word hypocrite. That's what happens when we half-heartedly do something. That's, how, that's what happens when we half-heartedly give ourselves to Jesus. When we don't surrender all, we're doing it half-heartedly. And when we only do something halfway, it can be very easy to look at what your life and my life and say, what a hypocrite. They say they do one thing, but they do something else. They, they say these words, but they don't actually live them out. And if you want to uh, own that title, you will if your kids pick up on it. If your kids pick up on it, and they will. 
So what do we do? We repeat them again and again. We repeat these commands of God again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, when you put them to bed, you repeat these commands. All right, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. All right, that's a, that's a, a conscious decision we make to consistently be committed to continuing to, to speak to our children to communicate this gospel. Let me hit on something else too. It is awesome that you're in the house this morning. For those of you online, good on you. Glad you're online. This is not something we do. This is not, uh, like our relationship with Jesus is not just a Sunday morning religion. Our experience of following Jesus is something that we do day in, day out, going to bed, rising up, Going to work, every opportunity we have, we speak the life of Jesus over our family, over our communities, over our workplaces. See, because God has something to say about every single situation, every single circumstance in your life. Every aspect of this human experience, the word of God speaks to it, and the Holy Spirit speaks to you personally about every experience in your life. In verse eight, he talks about tying these commands to, to our hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Guys, I think that's a great idea to go just get tattoos and write all that stuff on your arms and stuff. So there you go, you got permission, go get a tattoo, right? Some of our orthodox, some of our orthodox friends, uh, more, more uh, the high higher church, or like uh, there's a Russian Orthodox church in the community, the Catholic church, they have icons and symbols. But what Moses is pointing to here is probably a little more um, metaphorical as opposed to physical. The truth is that Jesus wants to be part of our every conversation. The truths that we work out in our lives our actions, they reflect his work in us. And if an icon or a symbol is helpful for that, by all means, whatever we do, our children pick it up. So it's important for us to be intentional and not just accidental. All of us as parents, let me just tell you, we figure it out as we go to some extent. But this figuring out as we go without the spirit of God living in us is a train wreck waiting to happen. So dads, again, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, that's your first step, that's your first thing. John Wesley uh, writes this, uh, he's, he's quoted as having said, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will embrace. What this generation tolerates, what we get lackadaisical about, yeah, it's no big deal. And there are some things. You have to decide what are the big deal things. Eh, we can go to church occasionally. There's a possibility that your kids 
will think, huh, mom and dad don't really think going to church, I'm just using that as an example, don't really think going to church is important. So if they went twice a month, then maybe we can just go once a month. We're still going, but mom and dad said it wasn't, I mean, they didn't necessarily say it, but their actions proved it wasn't that big of a deal. Building community around us, investing in the lives, serving in our community, eh, it may or may not be important based on the way my parents did things, right? These are all things that kids will figure out. Your actions speak louder than your words. What I'm suggesting, what I'm hoping for is that you get your kids to church. Get them to Jesus and get them into the local church. Nothing, absolutely nothing is more critical in your child's development than the knowledge of Jesus and a relationship with him. Those two things, it's a, it's a continuum here. Get yourself to Jesus and then get your kids to Jesus. And you'll see that your lives, your family's life will change the trajectory for generations to follow you. This is a guarantee. All right, so one of the ways, one of the things that, I'm, that, that, that we often get caught up in as parents is uh, instead of moving with our kids through a timeline as they go from infant to adulthood, we sometimes get stuck in a certain part of that timeline. And so here's a, here's a couple places that uh, if you're taking notes, you might wanna grab these. Uh, the first one that we as parents always get to uh, without fail, this is absolutely certain, we're going to be a caregiver. A caregiver, that's what we're going to do. And when we're a caregiver, our kids are fully dependent on us for every single thing. They don't, they don't eat by themselves, they don't sleep by themselves, they don't wipe their bums by themselves. Every single thing requires us to be hands-on. New parents, you ever see this in a new parent? I cannot wait for this baby to come. And five minutes after the, they're, they're born, the mom's like, where's the, where's the user manual for her? All right, user manual. Well, that, that would be nice. It, they just don't come with a user manual. And even if they did, it'd be impossible to write one because every child is nuanced. They have, there's nothing the same about these kids that we're, that we're blessed with. Every one of them is different. Um, my daughter Morgan, um, I ask her, like she just had a baby, she's four months old, and, and I ask her, so what was the biggest surprise? And she said, I knew the first few weeks were going to be hard, but I didn't expect to be in survival mode for nearly two months. It would have been helpful to know that recovery and figuring out your child will take a while and exhaust you completely. She's coming out of that now, but that was, that was a, a, a new thing for her. Now, all of us, when we're caregivers, we're ready to move on, aren't we? Like, uh, I can do that for a period of time, but thank God that baby grows, and pretty soon they're a little more autonomous. And so the second one now is the cop. This is the rule giver and the enforcer stage, right? This is where we like to live. Many of us as parents like to live here. We're gonna give them the business every day because we're the cop. 
But each kid, again, is so different. And figuring out who they are takes time and effort. Because what works for one doesn't work for the other. And sometimes they yell things like, this isn't fair. He got to do this, but I can't. What's up with that? Well, fair is not always equal. That was another text response to the the questions that I put out. And this is for all of childhood. This is not just for the teen years, which is some of the most difficult years if we allow them to be. You might ask, why don't they listen? As a cop, you know, a cop puts his hands up, the traffic stops. The cop blows a whistle that gets your attention, not in Goshen, big city. They put their hand up, they stop the traffic, right? Stop the traffic. So why don't my kids listen when I say, stop? Well, here's a, here's a few suggestions. Here's a few responses to that. If your words don't match your actions, then your children probably can't hear what you're saying because your actions drown out your words. Remember, more is taught or more is caught than taught. They learn by example. So you might ask, you might ask yourself, uh, are you confident? Are you secure? Are you faithful? Are you dependable? Are you committed? Is your life out of control and chaotic? Is busy not just a season, but it is your life? Are you making excuses? Or are you course correcting? Have you listened to your self-talk recently? What are the lies that you're believing? See, these are the questions that we need to keep asking ourselves to make sure that we are in alignment with Jesus, that we're in alignment with who God says we are as opposed to what the, the, those around us might be saying. Recalibrate. Keep reminding yourself that you are loved by God and that he is, he says who you are. Never mind what those people say you are. Because your kids, they will believe what they see. And when they see you, you know, we used to have phones that would have a cord on them. The phone rings. There was no such thing as FaceTime. So if somebody FaceTimes you, it's pretty hard to uh, say, tell them I'm not home. But when the phone rang and there was a cord on it and you weren't in the mood to talk to Aunt Matilda, you could just say, tell her I'm not home. Okay, it's a white lie, but when your kid starts lying, it might be because they heard you lying. What they see is what they'll do. Caregiver, cop, now let's move to coach. A coach is not someone that actually goes out and, and, and conducts the play. They tell you, hey, this is how you're going to win. So kids, listen up. If your mom and dad say, this is how you're going to win, let me help you. Listen up. They're, they're turning into a coach in your life now. They're going to say, here's the play. I've shown you. Here are the specifics. Now go out there and get it. Now, it's helpful if we as parents will allow our kids to be who they are and who they're becoming. Because some of you, you're coaching all right, but you're coaching in a way that says, I never got to do this, and so I'm going to live my life through you. And you can revert easily back to a cop as opposed to a coach. Whenever we have a child dedication, family dedication, child dedication, 
One of the ways I always pray for the children I'm praying for is, is because I heard someone else doing, one of my mentors prayed like this during child dedication and I, I always put it out there because when we as parents don't connect with the natural bent of a child, that's so significant. You can't, they have talents, they have gifts that, that are placed in them by God. So the natural bent of that child needs to be recognized, needs to be encouraged. That's one of the things that you as parents make sure you're doing. Fathers, see that your kid, that you so want them to be a baseball player, they can't hit the ball at all. Okay, help them, see their giftings, follow that natural bent, find out what they're good at, and help them accomplish that. Let me say something about uh, uh, teenagers. Most of us, perhaps, many of us, think that the teenage years have to be difficult. They ought to just wait till they're a middle schooler, wait till they're in high school. That's some of what has been told to us sometimes. And those are some of the lies that we believe. And that's what I'm pushing back against this morning. Teens uh, are not always moody and withdrawn. They don't, they don't always come, turn out this way. It doesn't have to be that way. But parents, stay open, listen, stay involved. Try not to be a helicopter mom or dad. Don't dread those years. Brenda and I experienced that with our kids, like those are some of the best years. But your mindset about it is significant and important. How you think about it is very likely the way that you'll experience it. I wanna encourage you to build relationship now for influence later. As a coach, as a coach, build into that relationship and, and you'll be able to influence later. Let me also just remind us that, that if we don't hedge and compromise on things in our life as adults, as parents, our kids will model that behavior. And so if they don't see compromise in our lives, if they don't see us doing one thing and saying another, they will see all of the good that you're doing. And look, I know that it doesn't always turn out the way we want. But if our, if our feeling good about our parenting ability rests on how our kids behave and act, we're putting our confidence in the wrong thing. Put your confidence in God. Again, it's this realigning, making sure that our hearts are aligned with Jesus. Where's, our, where's the truth coming from? Where's our confidence coming from? And the fourth timeline here, so you go from caregiver, cop, coach, to consultant. Hey, I'm here if you need me. That's kind of where Brenda and I are right now. If you need us, we're here. And I just wanna, uh, I wanna encourage us, like you can't, we can't as parents invest in anything more important than the souls of our children and our grandchildren. But it needs to start early. It needs to start early. If we neglect these obligations, these responsibilities as parents, to instill in them the, the laws of God, if we don't do it young, then they'll see God's laws, uh, the way of Jesus, as irrelevant in their lives. So we must invest in them while they're young. 
one of the ways we invest in, the, in them while they're young is uh, some of you, God's pointing uh, right here to you and saying, one of the ways that you could invest while they're young is serving in kids' church here at Restore. It's one of the most valuable things that you could ever do is to invest in a young life. Uh, you've got a captive audience. There's a whole bunch of kids over there in that wing that could use uh, you in their lives. And so I'm encouraging you, man, if God's pointing into, to you this morning, if that's something that he's been calling you to do, step up and let's do it. It's, it'll be the best investment of your time that you can make. I, um, I don't have my, can you grab my phone real quick? Hi, Eloise, is my granddaughter up here. Can you bring me that? Thank you. Yay, Eloise. So let me, uh, I came across this Instagram post last night. This person writes, and I'm sharing this this morning because investing in our kids early it, it's, it's, it's so significant and important. And here is a adult daughter. And here's what she posts on Instagram. It's a public service announcement, she says. Don't feel obligated to celebrate Father's Day tomorrow if you're not feeling it. She goes on to say, I'm tired of expecting my dad to invest time into our relationship because I'm his daughter. I've been trying to prove to him that I'm worth his time and energy for over 20 years, and that has been overwhelming and draining. It messes with my head and makes me feel like an expletive. When your dad doesn't even want to spend time with you, it makes you feel that you're not good enough for him and trickles down into feeling good enough for anyone or anything. Every Father's Day, I have put on a face and tried to make him feel better about his choices. I'm over it. Now, this is one of the most heartbreaking things that a father could have his daughter post. So I'm not kidding when I say, invest in them early. Our children are the single most important investment that we can make. That relationship is incredibly important. And like this dad, we can decide not to do any of this. Everything we've talked about this morning, we decided to just chuck it all. Nope, I got this. But you get to decide how you will live, even if it is living in bondage to wrong choices. And just a reminder, just as you have free will, so do your kids. Either way, the consequences of going our own way are steep and they're painful. What's the antidote? What's the antidote to this struggle of right and wrong and the struggle against self? What's the antidote? I believe it is surrender. I believe it is surrender. Because as parents, as mothers and fathers, we do our best and then we surrender. Our children 
to our Heavenly Father. We trust God and surrender them. We often think that we are the ones that love them the most, but I'm telling you this morning, he loves them more. He knows every detail of their lives just as he does yours. And when they fail, and you have to know that they will, when they fail, just as God has enough grace for you, he has enough grace for them. And when they fail, Maybe someday down the road, you'll hear my words right now and it will bring you up short because I'm going to remind you that when they fail and they will, and some of them will fail royally, do not automatically assume that you're a bad parent because children have their free will. You do the best you can and then surrender them. Because God can do more with your surrender than you can do with your control. Okay, I wasn't gonna say this, but I have to say this this morning. Uh, somebody in the house this morning, some of you uh, have a real conflict with your dad. You have struggled to maintain right thinking. Your own mind is, is not, you're not thinking straight because of the implications of your dad's relationship with you. Some of you may even think that you have forgiven him. And yet the way that you act out in your life doesn't reflect that. I just want you to know that you don't need to keep going there. You don't need to keep holding that grudge because you know what? Forgiveness is freedom. If you can forgive your father for the wrong that he's done, it will allow you to step forward in ways that you can't imagine now. It'll allow you to step into your future because whatever your dad did back there, that's significant important that you deal with that, but that's back there. Your life is here. Your life is your future, but your future will be clouded unless you resolve all of this that happened back here. And there are, there are steps, but the first step is always speaking into forgiveness. Even forming the words is going to be difficult for some of you, but your own relationship with your children will not get better if you don't resolve what happened back here. Would you stand with me? The family I referred to earlier, it's planning a vacation. They're pushing pause on their busy life. They're right-sizing the priorities for their families. And it occurs to me that if we would apply this, this kind of thinking to our everyday life, not just a week or two out of, the, out of the year, but every day, we would see family agendas that are faith-filled instead of faithless. We would see kids and adults with clear thinking instead of fear, anxiety, confusion, and chaos. You guys, nothing is more important than your influence and your discipleship of your children. 
and Restore Church is here to help you. But we are the church, you are the parents, and ultimately it comes down to your responsibility. And the scariest thing ever, if you wanna, if you wanna be scared about something, be scared about the fact that someone's going to disciple your children and you wanna have a hand in that. Who's gonna do it? Who's going to disciple your children? The world is ready to disciple us. The media is ready to disciple us and they're doing a fantastic job with it. Who will disciple your children? Will it be you or will it be someone that you don't want to have that kind of influence on your kids? These are all relevant questions. And I just wanna, I wanna again just affirm all you dads, keep doing the good that you're doing. Lean into who God's called you to be and you'll see a significant difference in your kids. Let me pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray blessing and grace over every father in this room this morning. For every parent that is struggling to know how to communicate with their children, to know what to do next, may they be able to, to, con to connect with this idea that we're caregivers and cops and we're, we're coaches and we're consultants. But at the end of the day, we are all of that together as a parent. Give us courage and strength to do the next right thing. To be all that you've called us to be. To lean into the future, to resolve the past, and become who you've called us to be. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing even now, right now, in this place, the healing and restoration that you're ready to initiate. Open our hearts. And God, we surrender. We surrender ourselves and we surrender our children to you again this morning and believe that you are, ultimately, you are a good God. You are a good heavenly Father that is for us completely. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.